Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Asian Commercial Real Estate Network podcast. I am your host, Jerry Wan, one of the two co-founders of the network. And thank you so much for joining us. And wherever you may be listening and whenever you may be listening to this, we wish you all the health and happiness in the world and really wish that you're staying safe. Um, we're in July um, and have not made it out of uh, what many consider still the first wave of the coronavirus cases. So uh, wherever you are, please be safe, and uh, we hope that uh, we'll be able to see you and all of our friends in the industry in person very soon. This is episode five of the Asian Siri Network podcast, and we're really, really, really excited today to host Peggy Wei, who is a managing director of transaction management at the Sterling Organization, which is a real estate private equity firm. Um, so Karina and I are going to uh, just have a chat with Peggy and learn about her background, her career into commercial real estate, uh, what she does at Sterling, what Sterling does, and talk a little bit about um, her perspectives and experiences um, in the commercial real estate industry. Uh, so Peggy, welcome to the show. Hi, Karina and Jerry. Thank you for having me on your podcast series. I appreciate you provide a forum for the Asian CRE folks to communicate and exchange ideas. Great. Yes. Thanks so much, Peggy. We are excited to have you here. So let's kick this off with learning more about you. Uh, tell us more about where did you grow up? Kind of what were your influences? Give us a little background about yourself, please. Sure. Um, I was uh, born and grew up in Taiwan, uh, adopted for Formosa for its natural beauty. And most recently, uh, it received recognition for its handling of the pandemic. Uh, I came to the United States after I finished high school. Uh, so I'm fluent in Chinese, uh, Mandarin dialogue. Um, now, in terms of the, the influence of my career, I, I was, uh, I'm fortunate to have several women and, and men uh, mentors in the industry, uh, whether it's, um, you know, offer me solid real estate accounting finance training or, uh, you know, offer me a chance to get my MBA from Anderson School at UCLA or uh, offer many one-on-one -on -one coaching um, from a woman CEO uh, at Regency at the time, um, as well as, uh, you know, have uh, trained me how to think creatively to structure JV deals uh, and to protect a company's uh, uh, legal uh, uh, interest. So they all have profound influence in shaping my professional training. You moved to Southern California to begin your collegiate studies, as you just mentioned, um, having moved here um, after high school. Um, how did you first find your way into the commercial real estate industry? Um, and, and share with us a little bit about um, your first job, your first introduction, and and then what really made you want to uh, make your uh, make your presence felt in that industry. Sure. Um, I, I'm sort of grew up in, in the real estate family, um, sort of. My, my mom is my biggest fan, who was uh, an active developer and uh, broker in the San Gabriel Valley area of, of L.A. Uh, during my college days, I, I was managing many of uh, my mom's clients' uh, multifamily apartments. So I was thrust into the property management world uh, in a big hurry. Um, and uh, my first job uh, was in accounting, working um, for Charles Pankow, who, which is a uh, based uh, top 20 general contractor in the U.S. Uh, and a preferred developer for uh, Kaiser, uh, based in Altadena. Uh, my uh, B.S. degree is in uh, accounting. Um, and and so, uh, you know, I, I'm, I have a well-rounded training basically in all phases of uh, commercial real estate industry 
using my uh, accounting finance uh, as a background. That's interesting, actually, Peggy, that you mentioned that your mom was a developer. Um, you know, that's probably a few years ago. And I'm curious to know, kind of tell us a little bit more about that, you know, having daughters myself, seeing their mom, you know, uh, be a commercial real estate broker. Uh, I want to learn more about your experience in that. Like, did your mom teach you uh, the business? Did she, you know, tell, t as a kid in this, uh, in, in the industry, tell us your kind of sight and vision on that. Yeah, uh, my mom is really a trailblazer. I mean, she really uh, single-handedly came out here uh, herself first, uh, you know, joining her, her siblings. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, she has always very, uh, you know, hardworking, hard-charging, um, and, and very uh, uh, creative in forming relationship and so forth. And... Um, you know, when I was in uh, college at uh, California State University, uh, I've always seen her, you know, busy working and, and talking with friends and, and talking about deals. And uh, certainly as, as she, um, you know, transacted many, um, you know, apartment uh, investments for her clients, uh, you know, those clients, many of them are overseas clients. And so they're they're passive investors, and they don't have people to manage on the ground, and and so uh, that's how I really got involved. Share with us a little bit about your early experiences, because the observations that you had of your mother um, kicking butt in an industry, predominantly, generally, as as we all know, not very diverse. But when you're talking about specifically investments and the people with whom you invest, and in the areas you said, San Gabriel Valley. You know, that's a submarket that is a little bit more friendly to Asian investors, Asian right. tenants. Um, but when you wade your way into more traditional industries, into the banks and into the real estate development firms, how were you able to translate some of the experiences that you had knowing the technical stuff, but then also using your cultural instincts and what your mother taught you to be unique and to be successful in the corporate world? Yeah. So, you know, as I said, I started in accounting finance, right? But, uh, but uh, when I sort of chart my own path uh, in the commercial real estate world, um, because of my former training here, I've, uh, I've always wanted to join uh, big companies, right? Because I like the sophistication. I, I like the, uh, the, the structuring. And I certainly like to be uh, working on more complex uh, deals so that it, it really satisfy intellectual curiosities, right? And so um, when I moved between companies and industries, I, I really, uh, you know, use my, my technical know-how as, as my backbone, meaning that uh, people uh, hire me, people... Uh, you know, companies I work for because who I am uh, uh, based on my technical training, not because of the color of my skin or, or my background. Now, uh, of course, having been, um, you know, having the, the Eastern influence, if you will, um, you know, there are, there are ways and, and, and methods and, and uh, approaches within which that are uh, perhaps not uh, as uh, abrasive or uh, not as heart charging, uh, more harmonious in a way. Uh, you know, that's why, you know, my management style has always been uh, sort of consensus building. 
and, and my negotiation philosophy has always been win-win, right? Not, you know, put myself in other people's shoes now. Uh, you know, you call that Eastern philosophy or not, but uh, that's, that's my takeaway. I love that viewpoint, Peggy, that you just uh, made about the Eastern kind of harmonious blend. It's like really a positive spin to that because I often hear people talk about, you know, how they lose a lot of who they are to kind of fit right. into a corporate, you know, structure, you know, trying to fit into a, a more Caucasian or a more male energy. And I'm glad that you kind of brought up the positive to being a female and a minority in this industry. So thanks for sharing that. Sure, um, so yeah. you, so you're with Sterling. Uh, tell us, you know, our, our view, our listeners, a lot of us, uh, you know, want to learn more about what our guests do. So tell us a little bit more about who Sterling is, what, what is the company, what do you do there? Sure. Um, Sterling organization is based in West Palm Beach, Florida. It's uh, uh, that has a global, uh, not global, excuse me, U.S. presence of uh, uh, commercial shopping centers. And uh, it's a vertically integrated uh, private equity real estate firm uh, focused on investing in retail real estate assets. So we're, we're joined retail only, but it's, it's across risk spectrums and major U.S. markets. Um, Sterling has uh, about 1.4 million uh, billion assets under management. You know, in private equity firms, we, we talked about asset under management, right? And uh, we have about 67 properties now, uh, about 12 million square feet. Uh, 50% of them are grocery-anchored shopping centers. We have uh, a core fund and uh, value add fund, um, you know, uh, two distinct platforms, but all together about five funds now. Uh, we uh, perhaps will, we would plan on uh, going out to raise another um, value add fund sometime next year. Um, and uh, so we're, we're viewed as a, you know, eminent player in the uh, uh, retail private equity uh, world. Uh, my role as a managing director of transaction management um, entails uh, the management of uh, acquisition disposition transactions from uh, negotiating PSA uh, the, um, to conducting due diligence and discussing due diligence findings with the other side and obviously time, timely closing, um, setting up documentations and policies and procedures for the transaction processes. Um, establishing relationships with uh, vendors uh, and brokers alike, uh, and also uh, mentoring analysts and junior managers. What do you most enjoy about your job now? And looking back at your long, illustrious career, um, how, how do you feel about the evolution that brought you to where you are now? Uh, yeah, so, you know, um, I've... Uh, uh, one of my guiding principles in my career is that uh, I have always uh, enjoyed my job. No matter how tedious it is, uh, I always manage to find a link between what I do and its impact to the, to the global or to the overall uh, goal. Uh, by really understanding the purpose behind what I do. Uh, Again, even though how uh, you know tedious some it, sometimes it may be because it, it built up to to other aspects. Um, so 
you know, the most, uh, the, the most enjoyable as- aspects for me is that uh, I enjoy uncovering risks in the deal, uh, negotiating on a win-win basis, uh, as I mentioned earlier, and uh, providing uh, constructive criticism to young professionals. Can you tell us a little bit more about how you started and ended up becoming a managing, you know, managing director at your firm? Um, tell us a little bit more about your path to get there in your, within your organization and before that. Sure. Um, so uh, I have a well-rounded uh, experience. Um, you know, I started on accounting finance in the industrial sector, and then I, I moved to financing and partnership structure in the office sector. Uh, and, and then when times were bad, uh, I transitioned to, we call it the back end, doing REO sales and, and loan workouts. And then when, when times are, are good again, I, I moved to the front end, uh, leading a team of, of young professionals uh, doing underwriting, due diligence, and, and acquisition dispositions for ground up developments um, in the retail sector for the last 15 years. So. Um, I, I think, uh, you know, one of the um, advice I have for, for young professionals is to, to establish a well-rounded experience in the CRE world. And, and then, you know, after initial couple years of, of CRE training, one needs to sort of uh, uh, pick a path and commit to it, whether that path is in a particular sector call it finance, debt, or, or uh, sourcing, or, or uh, you know, uh, management, or that path, if that path in a, is in a particular sector. Like for me, in the last 15 years, I've been in retail real estate. So you can be viewed as subject matter experts. So I always encourage young professionals to not necessarily stick with the same company forever. You know, sometimes, you know, joining different companies give you a different perspective and also offer your um, skill sets, uh, you know, to that particular company's needs and or what is it they do. That's great advice. Uh, would love to get your perspective on mentorship. Um, earlier in the conversation, you had men- mentioned that you were the recipient of some great advice, great mentorship earlier in your career, particularly through your mother. Um, and, and now you sit in the position where you have the the privilege and the honor of mentoring other folks to come behind you. Um, what motivates you to continue to do that? And in particular, um, we've talked about you know your involvement in Crew, which is commercial real estate women. Um, share with us a little bit about some of the formal and informal mentorship uh, I, things that you do in the industry. You know, every company um, I was with, um, you know, um, I, I was fortunate to have many women uh, leaders, you know, whether it's CEOs and the like. So through that, uh, and, and I had the fortune of, of, you know, receiving some one-on-one uh, advices and coaching and training. So through that, I, I uh, uh, you know, as I become more experienced in, you know, both in the technical skills as well as people skills, I, I, you know, love to spend time, whether it's one-on-one or in a smaller group, to, um, to, uh, to coach young professional, particularly, uh, you know, Asian men and women. Uh, in, in several companies I was with and, uh, you know, we have sort of the formal mentor program or, or buddy program, if you will. 
um, in, in my current company, I, uh, you know, sort of uh, um, took a two uh, women professional, um, you know, Asian professional uh, under my wing to, to, you know, check in with them on a regular basis uh, to have, um, you know, one-on-one and, and see how, how they're doing. And, and if I see things that, that uh, uh, needing to offer some advice, I will pull them by the side and say, hey, this is what I'm uh, noticing and, and I think you, you could improve upon things of that sort. I've got a follow up on mentorship, and and you said there are you know within the organizations that you've been uh, involved with. Luckily, there have been the formal structures of mentorship. Um, we we also know from our own personal experiences um, that a lot, particularly in the industry, um, that a lot of the the knowledge sharing and uh, um, the sharing of space and anything is very informal, and that is through you know traditional networks through school and other associations, um, and a lot of uh, you know, children of immigrants or international students or, you know, first gen folks don't have those built in networks. So they have to rely on those formal networks. But um, sitting where you are, um, share with us some advice to those young people um, for whom they might enter an organization and not to not see too many people who look like them or have shared experiences, but know that you exist perhaps or somebody like you exists in a different department that is not in their line. Um, how can they practice with professionalism, but also with boldness in asking for informal mentorship to guide them, whether they are part of the same team or same organization? Uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I think one needs to take the initiative, right? So it's really incumbent on, uh, the individual himself or herself to reach out. And, um, you know, you'll be surprised, actually, many uh, industry leaders uh, are, are willing and able to uh, spend time, you know, just like, you know, our, our crew network or, or the uh, Euroforum to um, politely uh, reach out to those individuals, again, like you said, whether you know them or whether you're in your formal uh, division or not, uh, you know, send them an email. LinkedIn is, is a perfect uh, platform. Uh, send them a, a message about, hey, you know, uh, I notice you're also with X school or with X company. I love to connect with you and, and set up a, uh, you know, informational interview and, and love to hear some of your advice. Uh, I, I think those are uh, extremely important, um, but I don't see very many of them, unfortunately, right? Um, you know, in, in the formal channel, um, you know, companies have, have formal buddy systems and all that. And, and, uh, and then, you know, I would be um, more um, assertive or, or, or take the time. But if, if there are people out there, you know, wanted to reach out, I'm definitely available to, you know, to talk to them and, and all that. But I think um, really uh, one really needs to take the initiatives himself or herself. I think that's a good point that you make, Peggy. Uh, you know, obviously our audience, a lot of them are Asian, you know, Americans or Asians in general. Um, we're known as like the model minority. And part of that is, you know, a lot of us are timid. A lot of us are quieter. A lot of us aren't assertive and bold. Right. And so I think, you know, Jerry and I both have a passion in encouraging, you know, uh, to, to 
us all to be a little more bold. Um, what are some, you know, influential books or coaching or, you know, things outside of the CRE industry that you use as a benefit to kind of make you, you know, the brave woman and the assertive, you know, the leader that you are? Um, I, um, you know, some of my, my role models, uh, I observe them, right? Um, for example, uh, this lady at, uh, uh, you know, the, the REO field, who uh, was a um, very outspoken, who speaks her mind, whatever is on her mind, was never shy, was never timid. Uh, now she's not uh, an Asian; she, she's a Caucasian woman. But but still, her demeanor, the the way she presents her case, and the way she uh, uh, deal with an issue or or speak her uh, opposite view, uh, gives me a lot of inspiration. So I I my uh, training has been kind of training by observing others. Um, and, and also sort of try to internalize what does it mean for me? Cause you know, obviously I'm not her, right. For example. So I need to, uh, translate that, uh, ultimate message or goal into my style. You've been very successful in the industry and, and for a long period of time, and you've had the, the luxury and the benefit of uh, having various perspectives um, from organizations and in different niches in the industry. Um, share with your perspectives on what the diversity, both uh, race and gender, was like when you entered, what it is today, and what can we do to make sure that going forward it is more diverse? Yeah, I, I think it's it's no secret the CRE world is not very diverse. Um, and it's, it's actually, it's a slow in, um, moving in that direction. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the, the arguments I often hear, uh, from the senior leaders, um, in the CRE world are that, um, one cannot expect to be hired just because, right? They need to demonstrate that they can do the job just as well if not better. In other words, uh, you know, from a business leader's perspective, they're hiring individuals to do the job, whether that individual, you know, happens to be white, black, or Asian, right? So, um, and certainly as, as minority, you know, unfortunately one needs to be doing work twice as hard as we often hear. Um, so, you know, hardworking is important. Uh, establishing your your reputation, uh, you know, as, as a hardworking, uh, you know, dedicated, uh, you know, individual professional, it's important. But also, I think it's incumbent upon the women and minorities in the mid-level and senior-level positions to advocate the importance of diversity. So when I you know, was in my current company's retreat about two years ago. Uh, I advocate having a uh, diversity hiring practice in my company. Uh, you know, the, the three principles in my company are all uh, male, uh, white males. And uh, so, and, uh, um, you know, since then, we had several sessions 
discussing what does it mean to Sterling, right? Uh, with the principals, uh, with with the head of our, our HR, and and some of the things what we can do, and so since then uh, we've promoted a uh, a woman to uh, a VP of ma- property management. And in fact, when that slot was uh, open, we specifically purposely look for women candidate. Uh, and then um, also since then, we hired an African-American woman as VP of Fund Accounting. Now, those uh, may be baby steps or small steps in, in many people's eyes, but it's nevertheless a, a progress toward the right direction. Um, so I think, you know, um, it, it's really in, in, incumbent on us as, as a either ethnic group or, or racial group to uh, actively advocating that, which is what you guys are doing. And that's why I think you guys are doing a, a great job about that. You know, to have some dialogues and important conversations. Uh, and also one thing, I'm on the ICSC Diversity Initiative Committee since about 2019. I, and I don't know if you, you guys know that, but that's... Uh, that's a, a sort of newly funded initiative by ICSC, um, and uh, the the group is fairly well represented by various sectors in the CRE world, um, and, and of course ICSC it's it's primarily uh, you know uh, retail focused, but it's to share best practices uh, of diversity programs uh, within you know, our respective companies and, and perhaps form some kind of a alliance or, or uh, an industry-wide movement. So I would, I would highly encourage people to look into that uh, who, who are in the retail industry. That's fantastic. Thank you, Peggy. And we'll put the links sure. to all this information uh, along with our episode. So Great. thank you so much. We appreciate all the advice that you've shared with us. We really appreciate hearing about your journey Um, We love these conversations that we're having and we're going to continue to have. Um, If anybody wants to learn more about Peggy, please look her up on LinkedIn. We'll post her information along with this episode. Uh, And again, thanks everybody for listening. Thank you. Thank you for, um, for having me.